Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. We're two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips <laughs> tricks and discounts did i surprise you <laughs> <laughs> we need to color code our notes maybe yeah that's, you know that's really not a horrible idea <laughs> hey and we are coming to you from verde ranch rv resort in arizona where we are enjoying the company of Jason and Abby Epperson, as well as a few other fans of the RV Miles podcast and website and all of that. Right. RV Miles put together their first informal, formal <laughs> meetup. No seminars or anything, just a meetup. And there's, a, I think, supposed to be about 15 rigs here. And we are going to get to know some of their other fans yeah we have been fans of theirs since i think since they started the podcast i think so, so speaking of gatherings and get-togethers yeah a couple weeks ago we were at the fmca rocky mountain they don't call it a rally i forget what they call it roundup or something like that <laughs> <laughs> but anyway it was a, a rally with seminars and things like that and we met up with some people we've become friends with on the road because we see them kind of at every rally we go to, especially FMCA things. And also because this was our first experience directly with the Rocky Mountain group, they had what they called a block party. That was fun. It was like pledging for fraternities yeah. and sororities, yeah, honestly. Yeah, that's what I said. We were like pledging. So we got to meet <laughs> the different groups that are in the Rocky Mountain Rally. And we may be joining a chapter or two there. Yes, including the Frustrated Maestros. Right. Which is a group of people who possess a variety of musical <laughs> talents. And they perform at the FMCA events. And right. So. And there were seminars, and we were lucky enough to get to lead three of those seminars yeah. at this rally. And so it was really awesome. We talked about boondocking. RV safety. And then we talked about our favorite apps. Yes, we did. Apps and, I should say, tools, because some of them are not apps. Some of them are online things. And, you know, I actually admit that sometimes paper's nice to look at. What? I know. And that one was really well attended. And if you're out there listening, thank you for coming to our seminar and thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming and listening to the podcast. Peggy had promised at the seminar to put together an article about her favorite digital tools, let's just say. And boy, she just knocked it out of the park, in my opinion. Thank A great you. article on stressless camping. We'll put a link in our show notes as always. It's all about Peggy and, well, mostly Peggy's favorite tools. She's our, <laughs> she's mostly the navigator because she's really good at it and has some. And because Tony for, likes that truck so much, he won't let me drive. I might. I as do. Well, well, you're so good at the navigation that you know I. I'm you have just, to do your part. <laughs> I have to do my part. You can't use the phone and drive at the same time. Well, this is true. So we have a interesting topic this week. We do. It's all about how there seems to be a resurgence of print magazines 
in the RV space. And boy, we, we are so fortunate. We got three really terrific guests, Janine Pettit from Girl Camper Magazine, Damien Ross from Rootless Living, and Rich Lure from Airstream Life Magazine. And so when we come back, we will have that for you. So hold on to your hats. Here we go. We love being part of the largest club of RVers with events, rallies, tours, resources, and more. And you can be too. That's the FMCA, and it's not just for motorhomes anymore. Now any RVer can join the FMCA and enjoy their fantastic benefits. Yeah, like chapters where people of common interest gather and go on outings and adventures together. It's a great way to meet other RVers who share your interest or location. But there are other great resources too, like a beautiful magazine, forums, videos, tutorials, and so much more. And don't forget the incredible programs like Medical Assist, where the FMCA is there for you in the event of a medical emergency on the road. Yes, and we signed up for the FMCA's Roadside Assistance, which specializes in RVs and offers towing to the nearest qualified repair facility, no matter how many miles away it is. It's a great optional program that's been part of the FMCA for years. Plus, of course, we've got a good deal for you. New members can save $10 on an FMCA membership. We've got the details and more information on this terrific organization on our discounts and deals page at StresslessCamping.com. Join us and other RV enthusiasts at an upcoming rally or gathering and save money in the process. Now Now that's that's Stressless Camping. Camping. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. We are so very excited. We have not one but two fantastic guests right now talking about something that I I never thought I'd talk about as (laughs) back when I was writing my print newspaper column but we are talking about print magazines and the resurgence of them and we have two wonderful people and i'm going to go ladies first because that's how it is (laughs) first and foremost that voice you've heard on the podcast before the wonderful and lovely janine pettit from girl camper magazine janine welcome back well thank you guys it's always a pleasure to be on your show and just to be in your company, honestly. I think you are now tied with Mark Cap for being our yeah, most, most frequent re- guest. Most frequent I think, guest. Yeah, you and Mark <laughs> are in a tie. Yeah. Well, I, I am honored. Is this the tiebreaker or do I have to rally for another episode? No, I, no. Think, I think this makes you catch up with him. Yeah, we had him on uh, talking about some of the changes to campground views. But I don't want to go on too much longer without introducing, for the first time on the Stressless Camping Podcast, but hopefully not the last, Damien Ross from Rootless Living. Damien, welcome. Hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm all about trying to break someone's record, so let's go. I'll crush (laughs) Mark Anjanine. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, if we get enough guest rivalry, maybe we won't just have to talk anymore. We'll just get the guest to oh, do boy, it. Oh, boy, our listenership will go through the roof at that point. <laughs> People will start listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, besides just my mom. But all seriousness aside, I just saw Peggy's <laughs> eyes roll. I think the first thing we should do is let's share with our audience just what Girl Camp... We'll start with Girl Camper Magazine, as I said before. Janine, tell the audience a little bit about Girl Camper Magazine, and we'll all wag our fingers at anybody who is not a subscriber yet. Yeah. 
wag away, okay? Well, you know, they say, <laughs> they say that you write the book you wanted to read. And I am a magazine junkie for my whole life. I remember the year I gave up magazines for Lent, which was far worse than chocolate. And as they <laughs> rolled in for 40 days and 40 nights, I stacked them in a place where I wouldn't be tempted to go look at them. And then on Easter Sunday, my husband gave me the basket of all my magazines. And it took me a couple <laughs> of weeks to go through them all. I have been a, I love lifestyle magazines. I love really beautiful curated content. And I just love the process of sitting down and inviting yourself to take time out. So in the years when magazine was king and print was everything, when that magazine would come to my house in the afternoon in the busy years, and I could give myself permission to sit down and put my feet up and make a cup of tea and flip through those pages of inspiration, whether it was a parenting magazine or a home styling magazine, it was just such a respite for my mind. So I used to stand in the Barnes and Noble and I would look at all the magazines and I think, my gosh, if there is room for six different publications on Backyard Chickens, surely there, <laughs> surely there should be a camping magazine. But so I, sure. I, yeah, I created the magazine I wanted to buy. That is fantastic. Awesome. And apparently the industry, for lack of a better description, have set up and taken notice mm -hmm. too, as have they with Rootless Living, Damien's magazine. So Damien, tell our audience a little about Rootless Living, and we will keep our wagging fingers at the ready for those who are not That's right. subscribers. Yeah, so I actually fall into the same category as Janine. I mean, Janine and I have had these uh, kind of conversations too, where, you know, in 2016, when I wanted to go full-time RVing, I, you know, one, thought I invented it. When I figured out I hadn't invented, you know, working <laughs> while traveling, I thought, well, if there's this many people doing it, there has to be a magazine about it. I went and grabbed every magazine I could. I couldn't find anything about, like, just the lifestyle. There were there were magazines about the rigs, but just not about the lifestyle. I've published magazines in the past. I did a skate magazine in the 90s. I did a city publication, the city I lived in, that crashed in 2008 with most kind of small niche print stuff in, you know, in that climate. And, you know, we launched in uh, 2020. We just wrapped up issue number 12, which puts us at the two-year mark. And um, it's been exciting and growing. And now we're even launching a second magazine. So it's been a it's been a ton of fun and it's been great to see the RV community just get really excited about, I would say, all of the publications that both Janine and myself are doing just because we don't come from the RV industry. We're just RVers that wanted to create publications that speak to RVers. Yes. Oh, wait, you heard it here first. What's the second magazine? November 15th will be a beta launch of what we're calling RV Today. So we are going after just the RV owners as a business person, as someone that loves the RV lifestyle, whether you're a weekend or some timer, we just felt like we were leaving a lot of people out in the sense that maybe people would be like, you know what, I'm not full-timing and I'm not doing it six months a year or whatever. And we were like, let's create a publication that, again, is outside of the industry. It's just by RVers for RVers. Oh, Great. That, that should be cool. So it's seeming that there is a demand for print once again. What do you think either or both of you is creating this demand, this surge for print 
publications. You want me to take that? I'll go first. How about that? Okay. okay. Because Damien is a colleague and, I, and he has great things to say on this. So I'll just give you my two cents on that. I think that people are really very much interested in niche magazines right now. The niche magazine market is very high right now. It's a great resource for advertisers because they are reaching the market of their target market, you know, directly. And for the consumer, that niche magazine is just something that is, I I know for myself and I know for Rootless Living, because I'm a huge fan and I'm a subscriber and I love the paper issue in my hand. Unlike a lot of really big non-niche magazines, they're just so jam-packed with content. And we keep our ad space very low and our content very high. So there's the feeling of a great deal of value for what you get. And then I just think now the way we are living our lives now in this mobile kind of mentality where I don't have to be in my office anymore, it's just an area of interest to so many people like, wow, this thing is happening. It's getting bigger by the minute. I wonder if there's a way for me to get my foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think for us, what I'm seeing is I think it depends on the niche for sure. I think if I, let's say I was doing something about sports, I probably would be doing all digital. I probably wouldn't be doing print because it just needs to come out so fast. Yeah. You know, when you're creating something that's an evergreen you know, I don't want to speak for Janine, but if you can pick up what her issue one, there's probably still so much content in that that's relevant today. Mm. We're not trying to break the news in our publications. And I guess the other side of it is because of the niche, because we're in this RV kind of space, I think back to remember how excited we got about emails back in the day and now how <laughs> I think that's what's happened to the industry is everyone got really excited when digital came out. And I think what people realize is that when they're reading a digital magazine, they're still being interrupted. But if they're reading a print magazine, they really can disconnect or they're not relying on the internet. And I think that's why we're seeing it. Plus, I will say that even within my own children that are ages, you know, 20 to 30, I see them doing really kind of retro things like they want the flip phone. They want to get back to, you know, like actual LP records. And I see them still really with printed books and printed magazines because they too already know that this is a way to check out from the digital side of things, which is great. To the point of LP records, there's a friend of ours in L.A. actually who went from selling a general plethora of antiques to (laughs) they own a record store now. Mm. And it's amazing to see the resurgence, but I wonder how much of the popularity of Rootless Living and Girl Camper Magazine are also attributable to the fact that as much as there is promised connectivity on the road, there isn't. (laughs) I have to go with you there. I just spent a couple days on the road and, and... And I thought I could just, let me just ditch out for a couple of days here and I'll get some stuff done in the quiet and it's fall and lovely to camp. And I came home out of sheer frustration because I'm really not in my camper. I'm driving around in my truck looking for a McDonald's parking lot to download something. So I love the idea 
of having that magazine. And so many people tell us this about Girl Camper Magazine. And it's the way we write it. We write it like this on purpose. You know, the articles are short and there's they're such a variety of topics. And you can kind of like read an article in a single evening or in a 40 minutes or so and enjoy all the pictures and put it down. And keeping that in your camper for your checkout time and just going back to it. Cause like Damien said, it is, it's timeless, you know, and our magazine is about camping and not just RVing. And so there's, there's food articles in there and there's stuff that you want to go back to. Now, what was in that list of things for your toolkit again? Oh yeah, I should get one of those, <laughs> you know? So just in, in having it there and inviting the time to just be still around the campfire, actually hold paper in your hand, flip pages, soothing. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And so since Girl Camper is called Girl Camper for our audience, is it just for Girl Campers? I'm so no glad way. you asked that. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, we get a, a letter from someone, not very often, four or five times a year, we get a letter. But when we do, boy, it's kind of tinged with an irateness, like, girl, camper, we're women. Why would you call this girl camper? So <laughs> the magazine is called Girl Camper because I noticed something myself, and it's not just for girls. So I'll answer that up front. It's not just for girls. It's for anyone who loves the outdoor life. The reason I called the whole thing Girl Camper is because we are addressing women who may have grown up in an era in which these things done by yourself were kind of like, ooh, what kind of radical are you? Or is your husband coming in to sign these papers with you? Kind of like, um, you know, no woman is safe doing this or responsible to do this or causing your kids to worry because you're doing this. So we wanted to address all those women who are out there and, and want to solo women camp. But when I started doing it myself, I figured something out. When I got out there on the road, all of a sudden, all those hats I wear as a woman, the mom, the sister, the employee, the employer, the, you know, uh, caretaker of aging parents, uh, the community servant, we wear a lot of hats as women. But when I got outside at the campground with the girls just sitting around the campfire laughing, you suddenly feel like you're 12 again at camp. So I just thought, oh, I don't want to be a woman camper. <laughs> I want to be a girl <laughs> camper. You know, I want to That's sit here awesome. all afternoon with my feet in the creek watching leaves float by. <laughs> <laughs> Peggy has accused me of being 12 on more than one occasion. <laughs> So the magazine is for anybody, and we often get um, email from people saying, a funny story happened, a woman wrote to us, and she said, oh my gosh, my husband took my copy of Girl Camper Magazine, and he came to me and he said, you know, that was a really great magazine, I really enjoyed it, and she said, well, put it on my desk when you're done with it, and he said, I thought you were done. He said, I threw it in recycle. Oh, no. She was like, that's not a magazine you throw away. And that was the initial print run of the very first magazine. And we literally only had like 20 copies left of that. But we had to send her one because she wanted to save every <laughs> issue. And she was so upset. So now her husband knows he may read it, but he must return it. <laughs> <laughs> we have all our copies. Yes, we do. Oh. Damien, for rootless living, is it just for full timers? Is it nomads? Who who would you say are the 
people you're targeting? You know, Rootless, for a lot of people, when they hear it, and, and you know, all kudos to Janine for obviously doing a really cool name that no matter what we pick, you run into problems when you pick a name. Yeah, right. With Rootless Living. <laughs> You know, I mean, I almost, when you asked me, what's the second magazine, I came very close to saying Boy Camper. Yeah. Just to kind of- I'm only going to kill it over here with Boy Camper. Rootless is, I think people think like they they can't own a home or, you know, something to that effect. And, we, you know, we talked about it a little in the podcast and then obviously in articles. It's just about, you know, what I think I learned being a full-time RVer was I just didn't feel as stuck as I once did. And and I think you can get that feeling just as a, you know, a weekend RVer, you know, for sure. I would say that probably about 90% of my readers are either aspiring to be sometime full-time RVers or they're currently sometime full-time RVers. And I think what's good about kind of about Jeannie and myself both is we want people to see themselves in the stories and articles to inspire them to go. So I totally understand, you know, why she named her magazine, what she did, because she wanted to inspire a niche that maybe didn't feel like camping could be for them. And, you know, and kudos to that, because I think we need that in our publications. And the same thing with Rootless is the reason I didn't want to call it full-time RVer or some of that effect is because there are people that are Rootless that don't have an RV. You know, there are people that go from Airbnb to Airbnb. They go from boat to boat. They travel on a motorcycle. We've had some really great, you know, kind of conversations with people and sharing their stories. And, uh, you know, so we wanted to find something that kind of brought everyone in without like pigeonholing it to be one thing. Now, I will say what I have learned, too, is that makes for a really slow growth in a magazine. So that's why with the RV Owners magazine, we just went with RV Today. When you see the cover, you know what it is. When you read it or if you look at the image, you'll know what kind of magazine it is. And I think that's important for us there. But we're going to battle the RV because there is a stigma of what RV stands for. And for us, we'll just say, if it's a recreational vehicle, it's an RV, whether it's got a motor, whether you're pulling it, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't matter. We're not going to get into the, well, I'm a van lifer. Fine. You can be a van lifer, but your van is still a recreational vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to tell you that, but if it ruins, you know, your clout, then fine. We've ruined your clout. But at the same time, it's like, that's what it's about. If you're on a motorcycle, if you're in a Jeep with a pop-out tent, Mm -hmm. you're in a recreational One of the things I get a lot, I write a daily RV review and people say, well, (sighs) do you just do RVs or do you also do travel trailers? And I'm like, (laughs) uh, a travel trailer (laughs) is an RV. Yeah, exactly. Are you seeing the demographics of who's subscribing to the magazine? Is it an older or is it younger? Who do you see as subscribing to the magazines? Well, I mean, I... Oh, go ahead, Damien. We're going by height this time? Okay. Okay, go ahead. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <and> go first. <laughs> What's interesting with us is we've really captured probably a younger demographic. I really do feel the you know, the 20s and 30-somethings are the ones that are seeing this as a potential lifestyle, especially in and around COVID when their jobs went remote. Maybe they've got young kids. Yeah. You know, we don't capture a lot of that data from them up front but as we get, you know, ideas for stories and something, we're really hitting that 30 to 40 group. But if I take a look at where the data really comes in strong from like our podcast, I would say the majority of our subscribers, 80% are probably under 37 even, which I think is one of the reasons some of the RV industries, a lot of, especially some of the membership groups have reached out wanting to partner is because their avatar is probably in the 65 and older group. 
And so we're, and they're not just maybe not bringing people on the way they used to. People don't join membership groups the way the generation before us did. And so they're looking to kind of be able to reach those people. We have a pretty young group. And again, you know, we want to go all digital. That's what I announced in November, 2019. And immediately was hit by people saying, we want it in print. And I would have conversations, you know, whether, you know, jump on a phone call or in, in a campground. And it was a younger generation that was asking for the print, which I was surprised. That is something you wouldn't suspect. But more and more, I'm seeing younger people liking this stuff that I used to do back in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for Girl Camper, we skew higher. So what's interesting about our demographic is it's sort of the 55 and up which is interesting for our advertisers because these are women who have raised the kids, got them through college, taken care of the aging parents, and they have reached a stage in their life where it's their turn. And they're not afraid to spend money to get out there and go places and do things. So not to bash you men in any way, but there's a lot of men who are raising a family while having hobbies simultaneously. They're fishing, they're hunting, they're golfing. Women don't tend to do that. They're raising children and they're taking care of people. And now in our demographic, we see that these are women who have reached a stage in life where they're like, it's my turn. I'm going to do something and I'm going to spend some money doing it. That's terrific. I think we have some great insight and two really strong publications from awesome people. Where, Janine, can somebody find Girl Camper Magazine? It's super easy. It's, you just have to go to girlcamper.com. And if you're just on there for three or four seconds, a pop-up will hit you. And it says, <laughs> are you a subscriber? And you can just go there. You can click on See our award-winning magazine and you can log on. We publish four issues a year seasonally, which makes it easy for us to, to drum up the content. But just go over to girlcamper.com. And Damien, same question. Where would somebody pick up Rootless Living? We have both obviously rootlessliving.com. We, uh, we haven't really announced it, but you can go to rvtoday.com and grab either one of those. RV Today is going to end up being eight times a year. Rootless Living is six. So we'll have two issues per season. But what I just realized is between RV Today and Girl Camper, you're basically getting a monthly publication with our eight and their four. So, you know, and Jeanine and I will probably have to do some sort of conversation about maybe figuring out a way how we can package the two for people that want both. And, and I want people to understand and hear that too, in a sense, is that there's really not a lot of where publishers like and respect each other and can call each other and talk to each other about stuff. And then Janine and I've had that since day one. There's no, Aww. yeah, there's no competition between us. We both want each other to be very successful. And, you know, so I don't want anyone to thinking like, well, I got to pick a side. Don't pick a side, please don't. don't. Even if side. we're doing both, yeah, like don't pick a side. And I think, Damien, more than that, you and I want the world to work that way, don't we? And 100%. in our own little RV world, you and I try to set that example. I never think of you as competition. I think of you as a colleague who's very inspiring to me. Yeah, and same. And I think that's because we're not coming from the, and, and you'll see this folks, if you're looking at magazines in and around the industry, they're coming from the industry, whether it's a, you know, a dealership, a campground, a manufacturer, a membership. I can probably say that Janine and I are the only ones that are basically in the lifestyle and wanted to create magazines that we wanted to see. And that's the difference. Yeah. There's no mm -hmm. Trojan horse here. It's just to help right. people have a better experience, whether camping, RVing, 
or road tripping or just getting away, you know, that's really what we tried to create here. Yeah. And there are a number of avenues for learning and just quality content. Both of you are producing those. And I, I think it's it's true of a number of avenues in this realm. I mean, for example, I'm great friends with a number of other podcasters and very happy to, you know, I, I don't think there's room for just one. There's there's a lot. You just stretch our chairs back and we can all That's sit right. and, and get out the marshmallows and yeah. <laughs> some coat hangers. Plenty of room around the campfire. Absolutely. Sure. So I have what is kind of a pick your side, kind of a controversial question. And Uh-oh. and I hope that this is going to be okay Uh-oh. to ask. Uh-oh. Do you... Do you read your magazine front to back or back to front? (laughs) Honestly, by the time I actually get the paper copy in my hands, I put my thumb on it and I flip through it. And yeah, it it is fun (laughs) when it comes in paper. I'm sure Damien agrees with me with this. When you finally, the printer, and we have the same printer, when the printer sends that paper copy to me. We've been looking at it on the screen for so long. I don't read it at all. I just look at the pictures. I just look through and go, oh yeah, okay. I was right about that. Or I was wrong about that. We should have shrunk that, you know, but yeah. (laughs) Front to back. (laughs) Well, how about, how about other magazines when you're just kicking back there at the campground reading for pleasure? It seems like there are people who are adamantly back to front magazine readers. You know what? I'm one of those person who's really, I go to that table of contents and I'm scrolling to see what is the most interesting topic in here for me. Ah, so I read my topic. Interesting. Excellent. How about you, Damien? I'm a front to back, but I'm what I do is I do a, you know, again, I'm speaking about other magazines that I read and I actually have girl camera yeah. right here in front of me. So I, I skim <laughs> like you know, through really fast first. Like I just flip through and, you know, find things and then I go back and then I start kind of reading it. But I, unfortunately, as a publisher, you know, you go through and you're looking at ads and you're just, you're looking at magazines differently now. And and I always (laughs) talk about that people that are like, they're full-time RVers and they're like, I want to create content around full-time RVing. My first two years, I didn't. My last two years have been really different in this lifestyle because my lifestyle is now also my job. And it's really changed it. And, and kind of same thing with magazines. Magazines were a little different for me, even in the interim of not owning magazines. And now, you know, now it's a little different as I read magazines. It's, it's, I, it, it's hard for me to escape work when I'm reading magazines. And I used to read magazines <laughs> to escape work. <laughs> I totally relate to that. I, I might have to, maybe it's because my favorite magazine growing up was Road and Track. I, I'm, I'll admit to being a back to front guy, <laughs> but in the back of Road and Track was always the classifieds of the cars I couldn't afford. So, <laughs> ah. I will say this, and I don't know if it's like an OCD thing, but if I'm at a Barnes and Noble and I see the magazine I want to buy, I grab the third or fourth one that's behind the front one. And then grab that. And I used to do that with newspapers, too. I didn't grab the top one. You don't want one somebody else has already pawed through. Yeah. <laughs> and probably sat down what? and had some coffee and looked at it for free. I want the fresh, you know, <laughs> like this, right? this one, you know. I do the same thing with loaves of bread. I reach in and get the good bread, as George Carlin say, used to say. I do that with bags of lettuce. I get the furthest one and get the grocery store because I know that's the fresh one. <laughs> 
<laughs> and now, true confessions of magazine publishers. Yeah. <laughs> well, Janine and Damien, what a sincere pleasure to have you here with us today, even though it's virtually. You know, of course, anytime you want to come back, we are back with open arms and and for thank sure. you so much for your time. And, and we will continue to tell people how wonderful both of what you're doing is. That, did that sentence make sense? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, Tony. And uh, now that I'm in this tiebreaker here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to teach in for another. I have to come back and tell all about our camper colleges coming up and oh, yeah. break that tiebreaker. But thank you, as always. Thank you for all the work you do, making people know the ins and outs of the RV world there and the camping world and making people safe while they're out there. Thank you. And Damien, it was my pleasure to, to meet you here, to, or our pleasure to meet you here today and, and of course, have Janine back. And yeah, Janine, I, I, I understand you've got some pretty big news with Camper College, so we'll, we will have to have you back, That's of right. course. And Damien, you as well. We'd love to, to hear more about the new magazine. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I got to come back for RV today. I got to come back for Boy Camper. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and I guess I guess I got to do a college now. I guess it is a competition. I'm coming for you, Janine. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm just going to step out of your way, Damien, because you've got way more energy than me, buddy. <laughs> Maybe we can call Jason in and you and Damien and Jason could have a beard talk. Oh, yeah, we could have beard boys or something like that. I don't know about all that. <laughs> Yeah, I, th I, I mentioned to Damien before the podcast started that his beard inspired me to grow mine back. But we're actually camping here with uh, Jason and Abby Epperson. And Jason also kind of made it okay for me and my beard to make a reappearance. As it were. <laughs> well, you send, you send uh, my love to them. They have been contributors Will to do. Girl Camper Magazine, and they always create great content. I love being part of this community of people who are all out there working to, you know, just improve the lives of people who want to do this thing that we figured out along the way and now are sharing for other people. Yeah, and I will say too, Jason and Abby, one of the things that they're doing, they're doing news so good that it really keeps me from saying, nope, don't need to do news. They're doing such a good job at it. <laughs> I completely agree. So I just, I need to catch Jason filming that and just like run by in the background <laughs> or something. <laughs> I'm very surprised. Both of you guys are married and you have beards. It's usually left to us single guys, but hey, you know what? Good for you guys for being able to do that, figure that out, to get a wife that lets you have a beard. I appreciate it. Oh, at some point you'll meet Peggy and realize she is the three most patient people on the planet. <laughs> well, you two, thank you so much again for taking your time out of your day and talking with us and telling us this information and just sharing your magazines and your worlds with us. My pleasure and happy trails to all of you. Likewise. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Take care. We also would like to welcome to our podcast, Rich Lure, and Rich is from Airstream Life Magazine. Rich, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be part of your show. For the audience members who haven't read Airstream Life Magazine yet, tell us a little bit about the magazine. Well, of course, if, if you don't have an Airstream or if you're not a big Airstream fan, you probably never even heard of Airstream Life, but we <laughs> have been in print since 2004. So 
the magazine is coming up on, well, 17 years old. We're a quarterly print magazine. We're 64 pages, full color, and we've been print since the very beginning, and we'll probably be print right to the very end, whenever that might be. (laughs) It's an unusual thing. We started off as a hobby business. I I launched it myself in 2004 and thought, you know, I'll just do this for a little while until I find something else to do. I was kind of between careers, and uh, (laughs) it just turned into this monster of its own, and and here it is 17 years later. You know, I'm I'm approaching retirement age, and, and we're still, we just published our... What seventy first issue? I think is coming up. Wow, <laughs> that's super cool. And so, having looked through the magazine, you not only cover airstream, but people who enjoy the airstream life. I mean, air, the airstream brand probably is the most passionate brand in the RV business. I think mm-hmm. I would agree with you. Yeah, it, I think the proof is in the pudding. Uh, Airstream Life has survived for all these years, and there is no other print brand-specific magazine out there in the RV industry. Yeah, right. it's pretty cool, and it's a cool magazine. So if you have any interest in Airstreams or the goings-on, that's a great resource. And are you seeing changes in who subscribes to Airstream Life magazine you know, in the past few years? Yeah, definitely. There's been a big shift from when I started the magazine. In, in 04, 05, 06, my first subscribers were the vintage Airstream owners primarily. Those are the ones who adopted the magazine and made it take off. They were the most passionate of the Airstreamers at that time because they were showing the pride of the heritage. They owned trailers made in the 50s, 60s, and and a little bit of the 70s at that point. And they were very, very proud and they, they wanted Airstream life to succeed. That shifted over the years as Airstream sales started to ramp up in the last uh, six, seven years particularly. Now we have a lot of new owners coming in and they have really come to dominate the Airstream space. So now we still see a lot of passion in the vintage Airstream group, but they're not our subscriber base anymore. Now it's really shifted to the newer owners because there's just so many more of them. Those people are coming into Airstream for the first time. They don't know about the heritage. They haven't restored three trailers in their garage. You know, <laughs> they, they, they don't have a collection. I mean, I know people who have eight, 10 Airstreams. It's not unusual <laughs> in, the, in the vintage world. But on the new owner world, there's this guy's couple, they went and they put their life savings down and they bought an Airstream for $100,000 and they're just as proud as can be about it. And they want to learn about all this stuff. And so those people represent the bulk of the the magazine audience today. You know, when you're in a niche publication space like I am, and, and all of us are, all the other people that you talk to, we're all niche publishers. You know, we're not mainstream. Girl Camper is not, you know, it's right, pretty clear right. who it's aimed at, right? Airstream life, by the same token, is very clearly aimed at Airstreamers, period. So it's hard to make a living. It's hard to make a print publication financially viable in such a tiny, tiny universe. Even if you, you know, you're never going to get 100% of the people in that in that universe. You're, you're lucky to even get double digit percentages of penetration. So there's not a lot of money in print publishing in a niche situation. Most of the print publications have to live off of sponsorships from, say, a manufacturer who really underrates the publication thing, or it's a labor of love and they're really not making any money doing it. You know, there's always something like that. I wasn't in either of those boats. Airstream wasn't going to write me a big check to publish this magazine. You know, they made it very clear at the very beginning. I came to them and said, I want to publish Airstream Life. They didn't say, hey, Rich, here's a million dollars, go make a magazine. That (laughs) So I had to make it make money. And this is a long way of getting around to the store, which is the point is if you're going to do a niche publication, you typically also run an event. You typically have an online store. You try to find as many channels as possible to try to make 
a few bucks because uh, the magazine by itself is not going to survive on subscriptions and advertising. It's just not realistic. I've always had a little bit of a store. We sold back issues and hats and things like that, you know, which everybody does. The store is now the major part of the business. And the magazine <laughs> is, of course, critical, but really I spend most yeah. of my time working on the store side of things these days. As with the print publication, you know, print niche publishing is about specializing. It's about speaking very specifically to your audience, you know, about the thing that they're interested in. Well, we really appreciate your taking your time today to talk with us. If somebody wants to check out Airstream Life magazine, where would they go? They would go to airstreamlife.com. We have a, a sample issue on there they can download. We do have a digital subscription, by the way. Most people want print. But we do mm -hmm. offer a digital subscription and you can get a digital you know, preview issue on airstreamlife.com. Rich, thank you so much for taking some time and talking to us. You will be in great company with Janine and Damien <laughs> talking about their magazines. And great. we will have a lot more reading to do while we're on the road. That's for because, sure. Because I did look at the online version of the magazine and I saw that, you know, there's stories about destinations, which is anybody mm -hmm. can enjoy and there's stories about vintage airstreams which we love everything vintage so <laughs> mm -hmm. that is still relevant the only thing maybe not relevant is the parts specific to an airstream that we we don't need to buy because we don't have one <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, well we'd love to get you in the fold you know <laughs> I, don't, I don't get a commission or anything but i do love to, to make new airstream <laughs> friends <laughs> All right. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you again. Oh, thank you guys. It's been fun. All right. So did you subscribe to three magazines today? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then we've also, don't forget, we've talked to Paul and Caroline Lassitanola. That's from right. Vintage Camper Trailer Magazine in the past. Yeah, of course, as part of FMCA, we get a magazine. So we have a good... We have a good selection of magazines to read. And I wanted to let you know that we spoke to Rich... For quite some time, it was so great to be able to talk to him about Airstreams. And he talked to us about a lot more about Airstreams and about the store that they are opening up that you can buy supplies for your Airstream or for any RV, really. And so in a couple weeks, we will hear a lot more from Rich. So stay tuned for that. And the good thing about his store, by the way, is that it's products that he has personal involvement with it's it's sort of like our discounts and deals section of our website right. where we put things there if we truly believe that they're worth having yes we'll be right back after this message from harvest hosts Camping is all about great experiences, and that's why we love Harvest Hosts. Harvest Hosts is the gateway to beautiful overnighting experiences. And with Harvest Hosts, you can boondock at wineries and breweries, cultural destinations, golf courses, so much more. It's a great alternative to traditional campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of those really great pictures you've seen online, like Instagram and such, have been taken at Harvest Host destinations, and you can experience those yourself. You can, and we've got a good deal on Harvest Host memberships on our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Enjoy your next Stressless Camping getaway at a beautiful destination and save money in the process. Winner, winner. Everyone's a winner. Yeah. Hey, chicken dinner. <laughs> we are back, ba back, back. <laughs> <laughs> but we went to Prescott, Arizona. Now, I've been told that it's not 
correct to say Prescott. That's right. Which you was get in my trouble assumption. if you say right. that. <laughs> it's sort of like burn it. In That's right. Texas. Burn it, Texas. Burn it, Texas is not Burnett. It's burn it, darn it, learn it. And Prescott is Prescott. Is Prescott. And so we were in Prescott or Prescott or <laughs> wherever you call it. That's where we were. We were. And we found the greatest, most beautiful campground, the Yavapai Campground, which is in the Prescott National Forest. We stayed there for a few nights. It is not any hookups as you know, national and state parks tend to be. They did have drinking water available at the bathrooms. They had um, kind of cool. It was like pit, they weren't pit toilets. They were composting toilets. So yeah. they were very clean feeling and smelling. The whole thing was immaculate. Whoever yeah. the caretakers are there ought to get a pat on the back because they just, it, it's just immaculate. But the setting was just beautiful arizona so if you have not been to arizona i think it's safe to say the assumption is it's one big giant desert right mm -hmm. i mean it's like big open sandy spots <laughs> and that could not be further from no the truth. arizona has mountains in fact we were as high up as you would be in denver mm -hmm. so there's pine trees and all of you know all of the things you associate with the mountains in fact uh, it does get apparently snowy and cold up there. Mm -hmm. But the campground, there are only 22 sites. All of them were primitive sites, you know, no hookups at all. As Peggy said, there is a common water spigot. And there were two buildings with these composting type toilets. They're pretty cool. The sites are surrounded by trees and rocks. So you almost can't see anybody else there so you feel like it's your own private very quiet space and gosh the night sky i mean there is just no light wash that i could spot at all it was just i, I could see <laughs> dozens of stars <laughs> now when tony says that the sites were surrounded by trees and rocks those were not planted trees or placed rocks. It, they basically just etched out 22 little parking spots in the forest and left the surrounding forest and hillside and boulders and, you know, everything. So it was just very, very natural. This is, to me, my favorite type of campground because you don't see or hear your neighbors. It's quiet. It's foresty. It was a little chilly at night, but in the day it was warm and you know shorts weather mm -hmm. because it's it's arizona we got to be off the grid for a few days and it was it was just marvelous yeah so what they do have at as far as i know every site certainly the site we were in they had a fire pit and they had concrete picnic tables and then they had a very flattened very smooth with a wooden border, you know, just an inch tall or whatever around it, a tent pad. So that was very clear where you would put your tent, where there, you know, that was cleared of rocks and bushes and things like that. And so very lovely little tent spot for those people who like to tent camp. Yeah. And then it was a nice flat spot to park our trailer as mm -hmm. well. The condition of the sites was beautiful these benches were spotless they're concrete benches with national forest service cast into them <laughs> some of the sites had some pretty elaborate picnic grounds where they had two benches and barbecues and 
so there are a few sites that were meant for larger groups mm -hmm. and it just i can't say no i just this was the, if i were to think what's the what's my favorite style of campground it would be that yeah for sure in the mountains surrounded by forest quiet off grid yep just i liked it this is <laughs> that was me so while we were there yes. we spent a little bit of time in prescott yes we did it's a very quaint but it's like a larger old-timey town yeah. you know some of them are small this was clearly a town that had its act together a long time ago and not that it doesn't now it still does but right right it clearly was was a going town so there's a lot of vintage very well cared for old tall buildings like two or three stories tall and a good downtown walking area they were starting to decorate for Christmas <laughs> and sidewalks and you know, all the kinds of shops you would expect in a very touristy town. So there are two breweries we went to, of course. Right, of course. Oh, and we saw Muffler Man. And the yeah. interesting thing about this dude is when they widened the street or fixed up the sidewalk, there was some permitting issues, of course. So they basically left him as is, but they built up the sidewalk like a foot around him so, so he's standing in a hole yeah so he's in a muffler man standing in a like a sunken hole thing but i believe they did it because if they had moved him he would no longer be grandfathered in as a sign yeah and so he was left in place to keep his grandfathering so that he could continue to be considered a sign otherwise he probably doesn't fit in with the local city codes. no you, you don't want like anything that's cool anymore you gotta legislate that all all right i'm sorry <laughs> shut up about that um, but anyway he was there and he was immaculate tell us about lazy, well, lazy g, g was was one of those places it's really cool outside they have a vintage trailer and that is a sort of where they have some taps because they used to have a, a trailer park an rv park there. yeah lazy yeah. g used Campground. to be an rv park and now they have one of the vintage trailers and sort of an homage to this but it's a very cool you can tell this is a a happening place <laughs> they have an outdoor stage they have indoor seating too and they had some great food we were really impressed with the food we got appetizers we got some shrimp pretzel bites right they're yep. more like pretzel logs and <laughs> and tater tots yeah i guess kind of tachos i think they called it something else but yeah nachos with tater tachos. tots <laughs> the food was great the beer was good the one thing and I had forgotten about this. We were outside and in Arizona, uh, and I'm sure in lots of places, they permit smoking and outside, which is cool. I just didn't know. And I think the people behind me were in a smoking contest. Yeah. So it kind of spoiled it a little bit for me. I wanted to try more beers and I just, there's something in cigarettes that really bugs my nose. So we left. Everything else about being outside was awesome, though. They had great tables, and they hadn't quite picked up on the fact that Christmas is three months away. <laughs> <laughs> so they were still decorated kind of for Halloween, or maybe they leave them all the time, but they had 70. 70? I wanted to say 72, but anyway, uh, like full-size skeletons. They and were they all were over. All over. They were hanging from fences and hanging out of trees and climbing up walls. And it was just really fun to look around and see all the skeletons. So, again, I don't know if that was specifically there for no, Halloween. No, they, they said, in fact, the, the server that we had, really nice guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he said they brought them all in like a pickup 
bed, but they stood him up. So they were <laughs> like coming from, I think, Flagstaff or something. So they had a pickup truck full of these skeletons. And they, I mean, they're life-size, really high-quality skeletons. Mm -hmm. And so you could tell that the owners of this place enjoy what they do. Yeah, and I would sure. like to go back. I would probably sit inside next time. <laughs> That's the deal there. Then we went to a brewery that we had been to before. And we sat outside inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like this old four-story building that had an indoor courtyard. And there's a bunch of shops in there, too. But Prescott Brewing Company has some pretty good beers. But, again, the food was just oh, terrific. Oh, we got a pizza that was so oh, good. Yeah, it was a... Buffalo wing pizza. Yeah, buffalo chicken. And it, oh, so good. And we're very pleased that we were smart enough to have eaten half and then saved half as <laughs> breakfast pizza. And, and Prescott, another thing that struck me was as we were going from the campground to the various breweries, we drove through this neighborhood of kind of larger, older homes that were just beautifully maintained and also pretty a bunch of them had really gone out yes. and gone full hog on yeah, the halloween, halloween situations was great they really it was neat to drive through there yeah so we sure. really we enjoyed prescott a lot it's yeah. a it's a neat little town or it's not that little of a town a lot of history and a lot of stuff to do but gosh that that yavapai campground yeah yeah definitely <laughs> a return to we're gonna do an article that encompasses both Prescott and Lazy G Brewing Company. You'll find that on in our Beer Voyeur section of our website. So I have a gadget this week, if I may. What? And this is uh, not the sort of gadget that Tony, you know, this doesn't have batteries or remote controls. Well, what's the point? <laughs> Which is what, you know, a gadget is what makes you think of as gadget. But, you know, in my mind, gadgets are things that make RVing life a little bit easier. And we have met up with Chris from Almost Heaven Microfiber at pretty much every rally we've attended <laughs> in the past couple yeah. of years. And I really, really like the microfiber towels. He sells a, like a hair turban. And those don't really work on my hair. I think my hair is too long or something. Well, and they so don't work on my hair either. Doesn't work on your hair either. And so, but what I found is that their RV drying towel, I don't know, it's kind of a small towel, you know, smaller than a bath towel, but it wraps around my hair perfectly. And it's like the perfect size for me to use for a turban for my hair. So I've been using those for a couple of years. And when we met up with Chris in Tucson at the Rocky Mountain FMCA rally, I talked Tony into trying some microfiber bath sheets because we love to go to the hot tubs at campgrounds. We don't really have space to carry extra big fluffy cotton terry cloth towels. And so we went to the hot tub in the evening and then in the morning, our towels were still wet and we couldn't dry off from the shower. Yeah. And so that's how I talked them into trying the microfiber. They take a little bit of getting used to because you kind of have to pat instead of rub like you would with the cotton terry cloth. 
but they dry well and they dry well. <laughs> they dry your body and then they, in a couple of hours, they are dry and ready to use again. So if you go to the hot tub in the evening and then shower in the morning, you don't have to worry about your towel already being wet and clammy. Yeah, and they're lightweight and fold up real small too. Right, so really good for RVing. Yeah, I dig them. And they're plenty big, which is good because so am I. Yeah, we got the ones that are actual bath sheets, which is typically, you know, bigger, kind of like a beach towel or something. And that's what we like to use. We like that big size towel, which also, again, when you're talking about a big fluffy cotton towel in bath sheet size, that takes up a lot of space. That's why we don't carry spares in the camper. Indeed. So that was my entry into the gadget report world for the week. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Well, we always ask a question of the week, except when we don't. Except when we don't. <laughs> Last week, I had written an article for RV Travel about the lights that are under RVs. And we're seeing more and more of these where people put lights sort of around their RV on the ground. Uh, so I asked, what do you guys think of, you know, all of you in our uh, friendly and fun Facebook group. Now, technically, you asked that two weeks ago because last week was Halloween. That's and right. And we weren't going to ask a question, but we did. So this is an extra long segment, <laughs> this question of the week. Wow. So a couple weeks ago, we asked about lights under the RVs. Basically, it seems to be a consensus. People like them, but that they should be turned off at night. Right. And again, one of the things I really liked about that Yavapai campground was... It was dark and you couldn't really see other people or hear them for that matter. <laughs> yep. It goes back to this. I, I like at night when it's plenty dark and you can see the sky and all of that. Apparently so do you, which is right. which is cool. So a good point was made that the lights that are, you know, if they're under the RV, they're close to the ground. They help you see to walk around and that's good. And they don't shine in your eyes like maybe a porch or an awning light would do. And so that's even better for you know, looking up, if the light is way down by your feet, it doesn't affect the sky as much, but it does help you kind of move around and navigate. Tony likes light when he's outside. I like really darkness. I have good night vision, so I don't need very much light, but it is nice to be able to make sure you're not going to trip over anything, but basically enjoy your lights while you're out there and turn them off when you go inside. You're not using them and there really isn't been any proof that they keep the critters out from under your camper. Yeah, that's so one of the one that's of the one of the reasons people say they use them and it's not for sure that that's the way to make it to keep the critters away. Right, we're still investigating that. We had another question. We did. We asked if you had any because last week we did our Halloween episode, and so we wanted to know if anybody else knew of any haunted campgrounds. Yeah. And surprisingly, we only got one answer. Well, that's kind of good. Well, yeah, I guess so. Jack said that he was at the Caballo State Park in New Mexico on the Rio Grande, and La Llorena, or the Wailing Woman, has been known to walk on that river. And he said he had one of the best nights sleep. He was sleeping so well and apparently snoring so loud that he woke up a ghost. Because at about 3 o'clock in the morning, he was awakened by a girl's voice saying, Are you all right? Oh. So he jumped out of the tent and looked around and nothing was there. And so he thinks that he probably woke up the Llorena and she wanted to make sure that he was doing okay with all that snoring. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's some crazy stuff. 
Yeah, so again, maybe it's good that we only got one story. I mean, we don't want all the campgrounds to be haunted. No, maybe not. <laughs> our question of the week this week, and where you go to answer that, is our fun and friendly Facebook group, which, of course, we have a link to on our website, stresslesscamping.com. We want to know, how long can you use your black tank before you have to empty it? We actually have been finding, we've been experimenting going longer and longer to just really see what our limits are. And we're, we've been surprised. Yeah. So I guess we want to see, you know, if we're full of it or not, as it were. <laughs> and so we have a 30 gallon black tank in our travel trailer and we've been able to go, we've tested it for a week. We have. We still, we don't want to find out the hard way right we test it when we have the option of not having to be testing it <laughs> <laughs> yeah for example here at the campground we're at now yeah here where we are we're going to be here for 10 days and so we will let it go until we feel that we're done letting it go and then we'll know that that's <laughs> kind of our limit <laughs> ah, wow so again, don't forget that you can go to the Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group, which you can link to from our page, and you can answer those questions and read all the answers. Oh, and just a quick reminder, we kind of our maintenance reminder, but if you had to winterize and you've taken all the water out and put antifreeze in, but you still want to camp? Well, we have the answer. Can you still camp? when your RV is winterized. So we have the answer to that in an article that I posted. So that again is on the Stressless Camping website. And by the way, you know, we do a once a week newsletter. And so that newsletter will have a link to that article as well as other things. You can subscribe to that by just visiting our website. And if it's your first time there, uh, it'll be a pop-up. It's not annoying like so many of the pop-ups on the internet. <laughs> but there'll be a pop-up that says, hey, you want to join our newsletter? And if you have already clicked no, stop annoying me, well, that's okay. It, there's still a way to join at the bottom of every one of the pages on the website. So you can get on our newsletter list. We only send one newsletter a week. We never share your information. We also have other stuff happening out in the RV space. For example, an update on Starlink, if you're interested in that, Ooh. is going out this week. And while you're on the website, you can check out our discounts and deals page because we've got the best deals on things you'll need for your Stressless Camping adventure. Of course, if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free! It's free to subscribe on any podcast catcher. We are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. We did get another review this week, so thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. Thank you, thank you for the review. Thank you to all of you who are considering making a review, please stop considering and go for it <laughs> yeah it's amazing how much it helps a five-star review especially helps tell all the podcast serving companies like apple and spotify that yeah these people are real and are serving us well and so that means that they are more encouraged to tell others about the stressless camping right. podcast and you know, that's, that really helps us, but also helps us to provide a better product. So everybody wins, and I like that. So if you haven't left a review yet, thank you for your reviews in advance. Indeed. <laughs> 
Well, with all that said, we appreciate your coming with us on this a little bit longer episode, <laughs> and most of all, happy, happy camping. camping! We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! La 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 harvest host is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna leave that in. I'm not gonna play the ad.